Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Bottled Banter. I'm sitting here with my guest, Stephanie Webster. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining the table. I'm excited about today because we're talking cheese. Best thing in the world. It really is. God bless you. Seriously, we needed this. God bless the cheese makers. (laughs) So Stephanie owns a, I guess you can say newly proclaimed establishment storefront in OTR, right across from Finley Market. Mm -hmm. Um, How's that going? Tell tell us a little bit about it. In June, so it's been about nine months, like nine months of like the fastest, yet slowest, hardest, best months ever in my whole life. How old are you? I'm 32. Okay, you look much younger. Thanks. And she's sitting, she's one of the only guests I've had that has an eccentric hairstyle like myself, so it's good to be in the same realm of... And when she says eccentric, she just means old lady hair. (laughs) Very gray. (laughs) Mine's mine's platinum with a hint of gray. (laughs) Anyway... The storefront. Yeah, so we, um, yeah, it's been since June, right across from Finley Market on Elm Street. It's been amazing. We've had a lot of support. We, um, yeah, it's just been really fun. It's been everything that I thought it'd be. Did you start this with your husband? Yeah, so he has a full-time job that he works, and um, I kind of, like, run the day-to-day shop, but we definitely, like, brainstormed, thought of this together. Um, How did it come up? Obviously, we don't have a local cheese shop to really go to. So there was definitely, like, a market there that we saw. But, um, well, it's kind of a long story. Um, We've we've got all day. (laughs) I was just kind of one of those people, like, floating through life that, like, didn't really know what I wanted to do ever. And Don't we all? Yeah. I was, um, like, always working in restaurants. Um went back to school kind of like at 22 after like dropping out because I was partying too much and mm-hmm. um in undergrad in microbiology it was one of my last years and as an undergrad and we um made cheese and yogurt and wine out of Welch's grape juice you used wine to make cheese excuse me we, we <laughs> built his grape juice to make wine. We used milk to make cheese. We've opened a bottle already. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we have two bottles at our table. And, um, yeah, so I just, after that, became super fascinated with chemistry of milk, more from like the scientific aspect of it. And um, What is the science behind it? Well, milk... That fascinates you yeah, so much. Yeah, milk is amazing. It has, like, all of these, like... It has sugars and fats and proteins and water. And that so can cut through a lot of other foods, correct? Like acidic. Right, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, it has all of, like, milk has all of these properties and all of these chemicals in it that, like, when you introduce bacteria or sometimes bacteria doesn't even need to be introduced, at, i.e., like, raw milk, um, it just, like, does things. And, like, literally, like, if you let raw cream sit out on your counter it turns into cultured cream which you think you can then make into butter you don't have to do anything you know to milk to, to make it do other things it just like it's like raw milk and then it just turns into other things as it sits there it's really cool interesting yeah lots of chemistry and biology so you were taking those classes in school yeah, so we did like a fermentation unit and, and made cheese and i was just like this is cool and where did you study yogurt. 
I ended up graduating at Northern. Okay. I started at UK. Okay. Then, That's where I graduated yeah. from. Yeah, and then and then switched and when we moved to Cincinnati. But yeah, so we um, after that class, I was just like, this is crazy. I can make yogurt at home, and so I started like getting milk and like my first batch of yogurt I made like next to my heater in my apartment and made my who's now my husband um, eat it. He was like, why are you making me eat this? But then we really got it, you know, we got better at it, and we started. Did you have to travel places and just kind of figure it out as well? Well, really, no, because, I mean, as far as the cheese making and yogurt making, no, because you can just read, and read about it, and, like, if there's so much information out there. And milk just does kind of, like, whatever you do to it. Like, it's, like, you can't mess it up too bad. <laughs> but we, um... So, yeah, so we started sourcing, like, raw milk from Hillsboro. Ohio, um, yeah. And raw milk has all of these, like, crazy cool properties. And, like I said, you can just be playing with it and let it sit on your counter, and it just, like, turns into, like, cultured cream or creme fresh, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can, like, whip it into butter, and then you can use the leftover cream, and now you have buttermilk. And, like, we were just, like, playing with, like, milk and cheese making, and we would, like... I, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do after I graduated. I, like, I applied to pharmacy school. I got waitlisted, and I was, like, wasn't that sad about it. And I was, like, I don't think this is my I calling. needed to be in pharmacy school anyways. And so I had this opportunity come up where I could um, go to graduate school um, basically with a full scholarship if I taught science in a high-need school for three years. So I was like, this sounds, you know, like something I could do. I can teach, you know, I, don't, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And all this time, like, paying around with milk and, um, and working in restaurants and being around wine, I did Nicola's. I worked out my first night. Love the Monday Bolo Nights. It's amazing. Ugh. I still go. I need bread. All the time. I need their bread now. Yeah. <laughs> to pair this cheese you brought us. <laughs> um, and so, you know, during undergrad and grad school working in food and wine and just like really having an appreciation of that and then um, going to grad school I taught for a couple years I taught high school biology I fulfilled my time that I needed to do and um, you know during this time like Dave and I would like my husband would get out of town and we'd like find ourselves at like little cheese shops and we were in Denver and we went to this cheese shop and I was just like why doesn't Cincinnati have a place that, like, I can go just, like, hang out and be around cheese and, like, watch a cheesemonger and, like, drink wine at the same time? And When did you start getting into wine? Wine, you know, through restaurant work. You know, I had, like, always worked in, like... So it wasn't something you grew up around? No, not really. Gotcha. Yeah, so I, I didn't know anything about wine, really, until, like, I started working in fine dining at Orchids. Right. Orchids was, like, definitely, like, the time that I was like could appreciate wine mm-hmm. from a taste perspective you right know, I've always been interested in like the fermentation of things um like from a science perspective uh-huh. but like understanding wine and regions and that type of thing came from orchids and um just they have like a very cool wine list and there was mandatory wine training and tasting and evaluations and like so you were in Denver sorry I skipped ahead yeah, you were in yeah. Denver and you were Denver, like we need this cool little cheese and wine shop and I was just like I really want to live at a place like this this is like where I want to be and um so like during that trip we were like we should do it and then you know it's just one of those ideas that you get and, and you 
just we just kept following through with it. So like mm-hmm. we like came home and we wrote a business plan and then like we got financing and then like we just like didn't stop with all the steps and then now then we all took the sudden, appropriate steps though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we did. But like you know, so I just feel like sometimes where you get this like idea, this business idea. And it's just like, oh, like, that was silly that we thought we could do right, that. Right, right. You know? And then, like, but then, like, when you keep following through, like, oh, like, we have this cool business plan. Like, oh, we, like, went and saw our banker. Like, oh, like, now we have financing. And, like, oh, like, you know, just, like, yes. kept moving forward. Tip of somehow. the day, just keep going. Yeah. And um, so then all of a sudden we had, um, we were doing, like, cheese pop-ups at Rheingeist. And now we have a shop at Finley Market, which is really funny. How does, yeah, so how does that affect your business being right next to Finley? Well, it's really funny because when we first moved to Cincinnati, like, seven or eight years ago, Finley Market, of course, is, like, one of the first places we went to. And it's such a, such a special place, and we've always loved it. And then, you know, we've always done, like, all of our grocery shopping there. It'd be, like, our Sunday afternoon I talked, I have, yeah, I talked to my friends about how much you can save at Finley Market. Yeah. Like, an eight-ounce steak versus, exactly. like, it costs the same, or costs, like, half the price than, like, going to Ruby's, which I would, wouldn't go 100%. to. But, yeah. And it's quality. It's super high-quality food, and, like, you can buy what you need. So, like, you're not, like... Colonel D's, for instance, right? Like, you can go get, like, one ounce of whatever spice you need mm-hmm. as compared to, like, the six you have to buy at Kroger in a jar that who knows how long it's been sitting there. So, like, um, yeah, like, everything's really fresh. You can just buy exactly what you need. You don't have to buy extra. It's not full. And we always thought we could save money there, but also it was just really high-quality food. So we, and, and it was, like, a great atmosphere, and, like, you could, like, know your vendors. Absolutely. And, so it's the same people that you want to keep coming back to exactly, as yeah. well. They're family owned businesses that like they know your name and you know their name and, like, and you'll help cool. each other out. Yeah. And it's like cool to spend your money there. Um, so we had been Finley market shoppers forever. We got this like cheese shop idea. We thought we would open it south of Liberty, like in more of the, um, at that time, like, happening part of OTR, um, but then quickly kind of realized that we want to sell cheese and as a grocery item, and that the Finley Market area was better for us because it is a grocery item, and no one's shopping for groceries south of Liberty, really. Um, so, we so do you have competitors, in, I, and I hate to call them competitors because they kind of aren't, but... They still are. Oh, market? Yeah. Yeah. So um, there is Gibbs. Is challenging? Or do you work together? No, because we have a very different product. So, yeah, it's cheese, and we can, like, have this, like, blanket of, like, cheese. But Gibbs has, um, so I should say that the rhyme focuses on domestic artisanal cheeses. Mm-hmm. Handmade, so artisanal, right, means handmade products. So we are sourcing from, like, very small producers, um, lots of regional things, so Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, but um, also more specialty cheeses. And that was a niche that wasn't at Finley Market yet. Um, Interesting. So, like, they I didn't have, know like, that. They have, like, great cheeses. Like, if you want right. to like, buy a cheese, like, put on a sandwich or whatever, like, <laughs> I, I think that they yeah. have great cheeses, and they have, you know, they have, like, customers that have been going there for years and years. They've been there since... Gibbs has been there since the 30s, you know? Like, I'm not, like, trying to compete with, no. with someone, you know. I, I feel like we offer a very different 
um, product. And I think other people realize that our product is very different too. And they've been in, and we've been there, and I still go there, and they come into our shop, and it's very friendly. You really can't live without supporting. Your yeah. business cannot thrive without supporting one another in this yeah. community. Yeah, absolutely. Like, a rising tide makes all boats flip. So, uh-huh. like, the more, like, awareness there is of, like, I like geez. that quote. Yeah. <laughs> I have to, like, constantly repeat it to myself. But, um... Whatever you gotta do. But, yeah, like, the more the merrier. So but, you have really interesting concepts, though, not just cheese. So you mm-hmm. bring in jams, mm-hmm. and which is smart because... They go well together, and then obviously right. wine goes even better together. Yeah. Um, so tell me how that approach kind so of came. We, um, was it we, just like was it just like common sense? Like it, yeah, for sure. Like I, I, we just like took what we had, how we'd been living, and put it in a shop. Like you know, there are like countless dinners where Dave and I would just like have cheese and charcuterie and jam and baguette and a bottle of wine and like that's like how we just lived so we're like let's just like put it all together and put all of our favorite things here yeah so you guys do really cool like wine flights wine and cheese flights where you can do like wine 101 yep so like you can come to the shop and have like a full cheese um buying experience you know we like we always let everyone taste and you can take stuff home but you can also come in and sit down and have cheese there Mm -hmm. um and so we retail wine, and then we also pour wine and beer by the glass, of course. So um, on Friday and Saturday, we do wine flights, paired with cheese flights. We do lots of cheese and wine education. Um, I think it's really fun, like pairing possibilities, and we have a lot of fun with it, and people love it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's a good time. And then you have Cheese Club. Yeah, so we so, have a... Is it like a twist, a spinoff of Wine Club? Yeah, it's a Cheese of the Month subscription, yeah. and, like, you can be part of the club, and who doesn't want to be part of the Cheese Club? <laughs> but we, we kind of, like, pick, them. like, our favorite um, cheeses that month, and we'll put them, like, in a box with, like, a lot of information and pairing. So I'm sure it rotates pretty quickly. Cheese. I mean, when you put it in order, how quickly do you get it? Or how does ordering cheese even work? Um, it, cheese is very seasonal. It, um, and so the goal of mine is to keep our case very seasonal. So right now it's spring, and so we're getting, like, a lot of fresh cheeses. And it's definitely, like, knowing what's about to be in season and, yeah, how quickly to place your order. And, you know, you place it, and then they FedEx it. And there's, there's like, all this – you have to wait for the weather to be right to ship, and you have to – you know, it can't be like 70 degrees and you're shipping cheese or young fresh cheeses or whatever. So it's, um, yeah, it's like that's the hardest part of the business for sure is like um, ordering and making sure that the weather is okay during shipping and Oh, yeah, because, because it cheese. can ruin the cheese. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You don't want the cheese to be like being shipped in like 80 degrees. There's also this stereotype of cheese with mold on it. Mm-hmm. Tell me about why it's a good thing and why it's kind of a bad thing or how it can be Um, when you know cheese is actually bad because cheese is meant to create some mold correct exactly yeah so uh this cheese that i brought here is definitely like nice and moldy just the way i like it. what's the name of it again it's called sophia it's by capriol goat cheese and um indiana it's a little goat cheese they're known for making goat cheese it's creamy but it's it's like blue cheese also guys it's like 
two and one. So the blue is actually vegetable ash. Um, oh. And it's kind of like an homage to French cheese making. So like in France, before refrigeration, they would take the evening milking, make it into curd, press it in a mold, cover it with ash to like keep the flies off, preserve it, and then in the morning milking, they would take it and put the curds on top. And so you would end up with like this beautiful line of ash through the middle. And so this is kind of an homage to that like style of French cheese making. Um, but yeah, so cheese It's really good, is, guys. Um, and it's pairing, yeah. sorry, it's pairing really well with um, with our Pestiferro Pet Nat that you brought. We both brought a bottle of wine. <laughs> so I don't know if we'll finish both. I'm sure that we will. Oh, We're definitely. one bottle deep. <laughs> yeah. But it goes well with this. It really does. So the goat cheese classic pairing is Samuel Blanc. Um, Sancerre is amazing. Take notes, guys. Um, so I was like, I'll just bring two of my favorite things, my favorite cheese and my favorite wine right now. And um, yeah, they happen to be pairing very nicely together. I'm into it. I can drink this Pestiferro any day of the week, at any time of the day. It's the perfect Friday afternoon wine. And this is the 2016 vintage? Or is it right? It's the 2016 vintage. Yes. So the um, I called my wine rep this, uh, this morning, like before... I brought this bottle and was like, remind me the story about this wine. Uh-huh. So Tapignano is the house that makes it, and apparently they're just, like, very well-off, um, rich in La Marque, and they, like, live in a castle, like, and so they, they were like, let's what a life. Wine. And so they hired this, like, nerdy, geeky wine nerd to make wine for them. And so when they went over to, like, taste all the other wines, the winemaker was like, oh, yeah, I'm also, like, making this, like, weird little pet nut. And they were like, can we taste it? And so he, the winemaker was making this wine with no intention to ever distribute, especially to the U.S. And so um, when they asked to taste it, they were like, we'll pick this up. Can we have it? And that's why it's only $20. Like, most pet nuts, it's hard to find a good pet nut, like, under 30 bucks. Um because it's, like, a family that, like, doesn't really need to make wine or money on their winemaking. Yes. They're already so loaded. So, it's, like, we get to reap the benefits. So. I have one important question for you. Because you maintain a good figure. Thank you. But how much cheese is too much cheese? <laughs> well, you know, to hit on your point from earlier about the mold. So, artisanal cheese is very high quality and it is loaded with nutrients. Um, and it has probiotics. Right? So, like, it's made of bacteria and mold, and those are healthy bacteria and mold to ingest. And um, so it's, like, improving your gut health. This is how I rationalize. Okay. Um, also, it has everything you need to live, all the nutrients you need to live except fiber. Um, so it's always Which important. Which is why you pair it with crackers. Or, or like, um, cracker, or like grapes or fresh fruit yep. or, you know, anything loaded with fiber. And... Um, it, I always say just small quantity, high quality. Like, you don't need to, like, eat a whole lot of cheese if it's really good and really flavorful and has a lot to offer with just a few bites, you know? Like, you don't have to sit here like I just did and crush <laughs> a quarter pound of this cheese. Well, you had nothing better to do while I was having technical difficulties. We had some technical difficulties, which means I just drank some more wine and ate all the cheese <laughs> that I brought. Okay, so as long as I eat high quality cheese I can maintain a yeah I mean just in smaller quantities you know I (laughs) eat cheese every day I know I was gonna say like do you have to go home and be like I like no no cheese tonight no 
Yeah, I really like cheese all the time. Oh my god. It's just satiating. I mean, I love it so much too, and but I'm like, this is this has to be too much. Yeah, it's just a very it's very satiating. It's high in protein. You know, I try not to eat like a whole whole lot of meat. I think it's a great substitute. For, for me. It has like um I think cheese is it has an addi- it has an addictive um what's the chemical in it that makes it addictive? I, I'm not sure what you're referring to. I know of like tyrosine, which is an amino acid um that tends to kind of crystallize in cheeses and tyrosine is a building block of hormones such as dopamine. And dopamine is like dopamine. Hormone, right? Yes. And so it has like a lot of precursors to dopamine. So it probably yeah, improves your sex life. Okay. It is romantic. Like sharing, and wine and like cheese and a, a little piece of cheese with your loved one. Yeah, for sure. My next question for you is, what's the difference between American and European cheese? You know, I think like a lot of times when we talk about American cheese, we think of like the orange, gross singles that like don't melt when they're supposed uh, you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. what we grew up on right um, but I think that a lot of um, people in the cheese world are kind of like trying to redefine what it means to be American cheese and so um, and what I guess we mean is like American made cheese so there's you know just a ton of people dairy farmers that are adding value to their milk by making cheese. So milk is commodity, it sells for very cheap, um, but the way that you can make money from milk is making it into cheese, so they're adding value to their farm. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's like a new kind of, fairly new tradition outside of Wisconsin and California and Vermont um, to be making cheese. And um, Do you travel there to get inspiration or ideas, like especially a place like Milwaukee, where it's just so... Okay, yeah heavily saturated yeah. with cheese. When we were thinking about opening the shop, we did a lot of um, traveling and visiting dairies and visiting cheese states, and Wisconsin is pretty easy for us to get to, and so there were like many field trips to Wisconsin um, to learn about cheese and just be in cheese shops, um, just experience something that we weren't able to experience yet in Cincinnati. Um, but yeah, so like, we're making really great cheese here in the states. It's a way to support small family farms, you know, by buying their cheese. Um, and some of the cheeses rifle European cheeses. So this cheese is based on a Loire Valley, like goat cheese, maybe like a Valence, like ashy. And even though we use like a lot of um, European influence in our cheese making because they have centuries of cheese making tradition right um we're still we're, we're doing really great work and imaginative work and um making really really cool cheese that i'm really happy to have in my case will you ever um make cheese curds um we make how do you make a cheese curd i mean do you just fry it um so well cheese curds so cheese making in general right you start with milk you um add bacteria generally or sometimes if it's raw milk maybe you don't need to add a lot of bacteria um you add like the molds that you need so you culture it um you add rennet which is an enzyme that speeds everything up and um, you add salt and then you um, basically you're separating the solids from the liquids and so um, cheese is really the solids of milk and the liquid is whey and um and so all cheese starts as curds 
curds are like the very, very beginning of the cheese making process before it's been aged. So you have um, cheddar cheese curds, which is probably what you're referring to, and that's like the very beginning step of cheddar cheese. Whatever the enormous amounts of curds I've had in Milwaukee, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And then you can like fry them, put them on poutine, with potatoes, with gravy. Yeah, they're cheese So is cheese awesome. curds in your future? Well, we um, just started doing like a house stretch mozzarella. So we take like mozzarella curds and we um, heat them and stretch them into mozzarella, which is really I fun. saw a cool little video yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, we do that every Wednesday night now for spring and summer. Um, I have to ask about raclette. Is mm-hmm. that how you pronounce it? Raclette. Raclette. Yep. It comes from the French word raclette, which means grape or like scratch. And so there's a cheese called raclette. The cheese is called raclette. It's a French or Swiss um, mountain cheese. And it's literally made to melt over an open fire and scrape traditionally yeah. on potatoes. Guys, this is, like, insane. If you watch videos on their, on your Instagram account. It is good Instagram. I have to ask, though, do you put it on top of sandwiches? We put it or? on top of potatoes, um, some house-made pickles, and our house mustard. And, and you just, like, pour it, it on. I mean. Cheese. Yeah, it's like a third it's, of a it's, pound of cheese. It's you satisfying to about, watch. Right. You were talking about, like. Um, having an excess amount of cheese, like that's that's like that's, that's a one serving excess amount of cheese. It's a whole lot of cheese. It's like, but like a worth it type calorie. Yes. Yeah, so guys, yeah. don't eat breakfast or lunch. Exactly. <laughs> yourself all day. How much do your the prices of your cheese vary? I mean, yeah, like if I wanted to do like the I'm sorry, Rocklet uh-huh. night. How much is that? It's Twelve bucks. Twelve bucks, and then you have like a sandwich of the week. Yep. Which is nine bucks. nine bucks, and then if I wanted to come in and buy like a pound of cheese, typically so berries. That, like that would be like an excess amount of cheese. So all a of pound our is pricing, a lot. <laughs> yeah, all of our pricing is by the quarter pound, and that's what I brought today. If that okay. Was, yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's a normal amount. It's a party size amount. Right. And so our pricing is by the quarter pound. We have cheese that. Like, we have, like, a two-year Wisconsin cheddar that we're really proud to have in the case, and it's probably our least expensive cheese, and it's great for, like, grating on chili and using in recipes and cooking, and then we have all the way up to, like, stuff that's $40 a pound, you know, like, good, like, this, like, two-year-aged Gouda from Wisconsin that's crazy good. Oh, Gouda's um, my favorite. Yeah, so... We have a very wide range of prices. Like, anyone can come in and find something in their price range. That and it's all gonna be good because I wouldn't put it in the case if if, if it I wasn't. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have so you have five people that work there right now mm-hmm. and how much time do you dedicate inside? Um, I work seven days a week, all day. So even if I'm not like behind the counter, I'm still you're working. here working. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I'm behind the counter at least four days a week at least and. But I'm still like. Are I'm you trying there. to I move? Do do. Are you trying to like move away from that as you no. become more comfortable? No. Or that's something you enjoy oh, because of God, the people I'm that come in. The counter so much, and like if I didn't have all the other stuff that comes with owning a business, you would be there more. I would be there all the time. Behind the counter all the time because it's so fun to like let people taste cheese and like teach them see about their cheese. Light, their face yeah. light up when they have something they love. Or, like, see them spit something out that they hate. Or, you know, it's just yeah. it's just really, really fun being behind the cheese counter. It's, I love it. And I wish that I could do it all the time, for sure. Any fun things coming up for you guys? 
Any like collaborations? Um, any new ideas? Yeah, so we have, um, you know, we just started the Fresh Stretch Mozzarella Night. We're moving from Raclette Night, which is a very seasonal, like winter, fall thing. Um, and so we're moving into this Fresh Stretch Mutts thing on Wednesday night, which is fun. We're trying to figure out. Um, we have like a lot of things coming up with beer pairings. So we're going to be at Braxton in May. We're going to be at Rheingeist in May. We're going to be at Westside Brewery in May. Um, we have, um, you know, a couple of cheese and wine things coming up in April. I'm actually traveling to France in June to... Fun. Um, what part of France? Uh, west of Lyon. So, like, right smack in the middle of the country. And... We, I got accepted into a, in a, a cheese academy to like learn how to age cheese. So Congrats. I'll be spending a couple weeks in the caves, cheese caves of France, which I'm so excited about. And then after that, we come back after June um, in July is the American Cheese Society Conference um, where like all the cheese nerds from all over the U.S. like come together. This year it's in Pittsburgh mm -hmm. and I'll be taking the certified cheese professional exam which oh is wow I didn't even know that existed yeah I feel like in every industry there's some type of exam that do you right and my next question was do you have your any of your levels of no, SMIA or yeah. WSCT no but it's equivalent kind of because well it's not like this certified cheese professional exam is like not in um, levels it's just like you take it and you pass it and then you're certified mm -hmm. whereas obviously some through levels. Right. But Where does that yeah. get you when you get the certification, though? Because uh, when you become... You CCP behind your name, which I'm especially <laughs> excited about. I just want to like, add something behind my name. Right. Um, but it just... I, I don't know. Like, it's just one of the things, like, where, where, like, if you're a level one song, what does that get you? I... It just, I mean, I don't know. Like I've gone back and forth. I've yeah. gone back and forth on whether it's something I should do or not do. I mean, do I need the title to have the credibility or the knowledge? No. Absolutely not. Like, there's lots of people working in cheese that do an amazing job that's not certified. There's lots of people working in wine that don't have their song, but that doesn't, yeah. but, the, but then it comes back to, like your work of life and your career and what yeah. whatever you put into it is right. what you get out yeah. of it. The Education. more I study, the more I... Um, 100%. That's like a reason to study. You know, it's like I have this exam right. coming up. These are the domains that I need to know and I have to like really buckle down and um, make sure I have all this knowledge. And um, and once you are CCP certified, you know, you're on a register, you're, you're registered as CCP certified and... Um, I'm sure there'll be opportunities that, like, I wouldn't Oh, yeah. I'm sure you'll meet a lot of people yeah. that will, I mean, connections yeah. that will get you other places. Yeah. Do you plan on maybe in the future opening up another spot? Uh, I just can't imagine that. <laughs> it is you just, so it, this is just your baby and, like, work. your second home. Yeah. I love being at the Rind, and when I think about how much work I'm putting in to the shop and that I'm working seven days a week all day and I dream about it. Um, I just like don't see how another spot could ever fit in. But who knows? I mean, I think like a lot of new business owners say that, you know, really nine years in. So, or excuse me, nine months in. Um, <laughs> and 
maybe in a couple of years I'll feel a lot more comfortable and be able to like pull back a little bit from the shop and like devote some energy to something else. But right now I'm like very happy with where we're at and growing what we already have and um, just improving it and making it better. And what's the biggest challenges you've been you've faced? Like balancing myself, I guess you know, just like making sure that I'm taking time for myself and like not just like overworking myself and. Um, but, you know, I would, like, be lying if I said that this has been so challenging because everything has been, has seemed to come very easily. And I might be in the minority with that, but, like, I've had so much support. It's been so fun. And I think that when you're having fun, like, everything just comes. The stress doesn't really appear. Yeah, it's stressful. I mean, yeah, there's been some things that have been, um, I've, I've had a breakdown. Oh, yeah, haven't, haven't we all? I think that's the hardest, like, as females, and I, we don't see men talk about this very much to right. our men listeners out there right now, but we we worry so much, or maybe not worry, but we do appreciate the time or the effort that we have to put into, like, our self-love and our self-care and, yeah. like, how much, how important it is because if you can't love yourself, you can't love someone else right. or something else yeah right yeah and that has to come first sometimes Mm -hmm. so it's been a balance with that um but it's just been so fun like I really don't have anything to complain about it like I I don't have anything negative to say because I've had such a positive experience with the whole thing we've had so much support it's all been positive it definitely Um, has to do with your mindset too if you walk into it being like this is going to be a super challenging project and this may be hell but I'm gonna do it anyway like that's going to be hell for you yeah we just have fun it's just like really fun like all all the girls that I've hired are like we haven't had any turnover so I'm lucky in that sense and they all seem to be having a lot of fun and we just like all giggle and laugh all day and eat cheese and drink wine and it's like what do I have to complain about absolutely nothing I think that any product that you pick up in the shop like I've put there and so I love it, and I know how it's produced, and I would never, like, put anything that I wouldn't drink or I wouldn't eat at the shop. And I... And you have a good palate, so it's not like your direction would steer people the wrong way in most senses. Yeah, I so much, but as in, like, I understand, like, where it's coming from, and... I'm sure you do have actually a good palate, given that you've, like, you can taste... I've tasted a lot of cheese. Right, and, like you've tasted cheese that can to some people taste awful Mm -hmm. and the more you the more cheese you drink which is similar to the more wine you drink the more your palate adjusts to like certain taste buds so you'd have to have a good palate to start off with experience palate for sure yes what do you think about this cheese are you what do you i love the cheese i love that it's creamy and blue and i love that it pairs well and it's definitely one of those that is very divisive. Like, people either love or hate goat cheese. And, and I think, is there a little mold on it, on the end of it? Oh, yeah. There's mold all over it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lots, of, lots of good stuff growing on here. That's actually I, ash, though. The blue is ash. The white is what is actually the mold. It's okay. I mean, it, I, and I say this in, like, Cheese 101 and Cheese and Wine. You know, there's, like, a wash drying. Wash drying cheeses are the really stinky, like, Ed style, usually orange. Um, and they 
they're made with uh, grubby bacteria, and that's the same bacteria that's like in our armpits and like between our toes. Oh. Like, you know, it's like. But it's healthy to things. eat. Yeah, it like brings up things that like people maybe aren't comfortable with, like in their own bodies or whatever, like their own smells, because it does smell like a body. But it's so tasty and it's so it is healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, like, just think about yogurt. Think of it as, like, yogurt. You're eating, like, probiotics, like, things that are, like, bacteria and mold that is, like, healthy for you to consume. Yes, especially for women. Kombucha. Yeah. I don't know if I can get hooked on kombucha. I I was over at my parents again the other night, and there were, like, four kombucha bottles, and I opened one, or I shook it a little. Oh. Was that bad? Well, well, I shook it, yeah, and then when I opened it, it exploded a little. But I was like, I, but I felt like I had to, and then I drank it, and I was like, oh my god, like what, like I was like, okay, I need to, I need to give it like two more tastes, and I did, and I was like, I can't drink this, and I don't know how they are drinking this. That's surprising to me because I've had like some natural wines that are like, to me like very reminiscent of like sometimes like kombucha really flavors. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's maybe it's an acquired taste. And I think a lot of it, there's health benefits, you know, right? Like you're, it's like probiotics and um, people maybe get over the taste for that, knowing that they're putting something healthy in their body and like nourishing their gut and their flora. Um, but yeah, I don't, my husband loves kombucha. I drink it occasionally. They're fun and they're, you know, brewed in the same way as like, as wine and you know but with tea right and they're all fermented things I feel like take time to appreciate definitely or to acquire uh huh yeah I mean cheese is fermented milk kombucha is fermented tea I mean sauerkraut is fermented cabbage right like there's Mm -hmm. so many it's so healthy we came up with these processes to preserve nutrients and um, even though we have refrigeration and don't need to preserve nutrients anymore, they're still, like, part of our DNA. Like, we like fermented things. I have to get a flight with yeah. some cheese. It's a fun and you guys should go tonight, and you should go get a flight with yeah. some cheese as well. Because yeah. it's Friday. It's Friday. Friday cheese is the best cheese. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. <laughs> Thank you for that. I am such a snob, and and I forgot my glasses today. So, plastic cups it is. It works. Happy Friday, guys! Thanks for tuning in. Bye.